Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we check in with Mike McEwen, longtime Manitoba skip, who has formed a new team based out of Toronto. We'll find out why he decided to switch provinces. And also, you'll hear my terrible tale of my bike getting stolen out of my car. That's all coming up on the podcast. We learned today that Mike McEwen, longtime skip out of Manitoba, is going to be forming a new team out of Toronto with Ryan Fry, Jonathan Buke, and Brent Lang. And Mike joins us now. Mike, how does it feel to have the news out there that you've got yourself a new team? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I think we're just about the last team to announce, so better late than never. Well, the, the, I guess the silly season was busy in free agency this year after the Olympics wrapped up, probably busier than ever before, and there were so many shuffling seats but the one name that everyone was kind of waiting to hear from was was you so a question a lot of people might have is what took till august to to have this done um you know kind of a you know a couple of things we uh ryan and i uh, ryan ryan fry and i specifically uh you know we kind of made the commitment early that uh we're going to put together a team and uh, so things did take a little bit longer on our front, but, you know, obviously not, not until August. And uh, we kind of, uh, we did it in a little bit different way where we, we kind of announced in tandem with, uh, with a, a sponsorship with CoolBet uh, Canada. So it was kind of, uh, I feel like we had this uh, first week of August all to ourselves. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's not usually a lot of curling news out of the summertime. We know that your, your former teammate Colin Hodgson is on Team Horgan. We found that out last week, though we did spot them in a Blue Jays game a couple months ago. People had their spidey senses about that one. What uh, was it about Ryan Fry that had you knowing early that you two wanted to form a partnership? Yeah, Ryan and I, you know, we've kind of joked around for, oh, probably uh, at least a uh, a dozen years or so about playing together someday, uh, you know, our rivalry would go back to like, you know, the, the late nineties junior, junior days. Um, so it was kind of, uh, you know, it just, uh, it's something that didn't work out, uh, the last number of years. And it, uh, you know, for whatever reason, just the opportunities and the shakeout of teams, it, uh, it just, the timing made sense. Uh, kind of uh you know thought this might have happened earlier in our, our careers as, as ryan said uh in an interview but uh yeah it's happened uh so i'm pretty excited about it uh you know ryan ryan and i i think uh you know going back uh into the mid 2000s my first grand slam ever would have been sparing with ryan fry so we've uh we played in one event before uh, but <laughs> other than being rivals, you know, uh, we don't have a lot of history playing together, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And then what about the uh, the other two? Obviously, Brent Lang, you have uh, one of the best leads of, or one of the best front-enders. He's played second for a lot of years, but one of the best front-enders that we've seen in Canada the last couple of decades. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially, you know, my wife Dawn and, and Brent's wife, uh, uh, Jennifer Jones, and just having you know, that relationship between those two. And obviously Don stepped aside this year to kind of be a hundred percent in my corner. But uh, yeah, like Brent and I have been, you know, 
supporters and cheerleaders for, for the wives team uh, for so long. And it kind of, you know, the biggest decision for me was, you know, and, and it wasn't an easy one was, you know, was I going to step outside the provincial border? And, and uh, you know, that, that wasn't super clear at first. Uh, so that took some time to sort through. Um, and then once, you know, I finally made this decision that, Ontario was the place to be, uh, you know, especially Ryan being there. He does have birthright in Manitoba, but we decided Ontario was where we we're going to go. And then, you know, Brent was just kind of a seamless decision there. I, I mean, he's, uh, he knows how to win. He's just, uh, he's one of those players, such a long history and, uh, he's won uh, a ton. I, I'd love to even have just a, a tiny bit of what's on his resume on mine. And then finally rounding it out, Jonathan Buke, who played in Ontario with Scott McDonald's team, then moved over to New Brunswick briefly. Uh, what does he bring to the team? Yeah, actually, <laughs> uh, John joked that he's going to have to be our youthful energy. Uh, <laughs> you know, we won't call our, our team old, but, uh, you know, we definitely uh, we have some wisdom <laughs> on our team. And, uh, you know, John's kind of a guy that's been a little bit under the radar uh he he did play with Scott McDonald at at the Briar and Brandon uh for team Ontario uh played third and uh recently in the Olympic trials with uh with team Horgan so he's uh you know he's been he's been out there on tour uh you know kind of grinding away for a number of years um might not be the most recognizable uh a player out there for fans but uh he's you know he's he's caught the attention of of myself and others throughout the years and and he is a, a solid player and i know uh he's going to be stepping in the second role which is a little bit different for him he's kind of played back end uh a little bit of skipping and mostly third i think uh last summer years but yeah he's excited he's you know he's putting the work in the gym getting his getting his body ready uh you know to to go hard and i'm excited he's uh you know, like I said, I think he's a little bit under the radar and uh, people are going to be surprised how good he is. And hopefully, uh, you know, as a skip, uh, I can kind of uh, help him, you know, shine as a player. I think uh, he's going to be really solid for us. 39 years old, the the youthful energy on the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, 40-year-old dudes. So yeah, pretty much. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, now, that's the- correct. The move out of province for you, you've been representing Manitoba since the late 90s. It's been, what, 24 years with the Buffalo on your back. How weird is it going to be with the Trillium now? Yeah, you know what, weirdly, um, you know, like I said, I had some reservations about, you know, being the import and uh, jumping into Ontario. But, yeah, strangely, I'm excited to, you know, playing an Ontario tankard. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I feel kind of a buzz of energy right now to do something different. Um, you know, I've been playing in the Manitoba men's provincial since my early twenties. So, you know, spanning a couple of decades here. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm excited, uh, for just, uh, going into a little bit of unknown. Um, so yeah, I, I think that change of scenery is good for me at, at this point in my career. Still, you know, feel like I've still got it, got a lot to give, uh, the sport. And, uh, yeah, I think this, you know, just stepping into, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, a different, uh, you know, 
not a super comfortable situation, but uh, I think, uh, you know, that'll help me thrive. You're still living in Manitoba, though? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how far is the uh, Granite Club in Toronto then from the airport? Uh, <laughs> I got I to Google that. <laughs> that's that's a good question. Um, you know what? Uh, we've got a good setup, uh, actually, if uh, former uh, Nicodine teammate, uh, Victor Shell is uh, the curling manager there. So, um, you know, I'll be good, in good hands. We'll, we'll have a, a nice home away from home. Um, but yeah, travel schedule for me is going to be a little less fluid. So, uh, you know, thank goodness I, you know, I have the family support and, you know, uh, definitely a wife who understands what it takes uh, to win at, you know, at a elite level. So I, I'm very fortunate in that sense. But uh, it'll be busy with the kids at home and being on the road a bit more than I'm used to. Well, if it's the Granite Club in North York, uh, it's a 25-minute drive. But uh, that's that's that'll be up to you to figure out. Sure, <laughs> uh, traffic dependent. <laughs> yeah, that's on the 401, so you never know. But uh, yeah. are you still going to be keeping tabs on the Manitoba curling scene, even though you're going to be curling out of Ontario? Oh, you know, I'll see all the guys still. Um, you know, it'd probably, you know, it'd be pretty tough to get away from, you know, Reed and his new team and. You know, obviously BJ Newfeld uh, joining. You know Matt Matt Dunstone. Uh, you know these guys will be kicking around the same clubs that I'm practicing out of here in Winnipeg. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll, you know, kind of know exactly uh, what's going on, uh, who's playing well and who's not. So, it is just it, come February, it's going to be, or uh, I'd have to look at the dates for the Manitoba Provincials. Uh, but usually, kind of their first first week of February stretch there. It's going to be strange watching that on, on, uh, on TV, the, the finals, uh, and, and not being there. And finally, what does it mean to have two Tuckers as the back end of an Ontario team? I hope they don't kick us out of the province. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's abnormal, right. Uh, to probably see that in an Ontario team. Um, yeah, hopefully, uh, I think, I think fans will embrace it or kind of a different look. Uh, but yeah, Ryan kind of joked, joked about, uh, you know, maybe having one Tucker on the team was kind of a limitation. So we'll see, uh, how much this breaks the mold. Well, maybe it'll catch on and more kids in Ontario will start doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um. Yeah, I'll be bringing that ugly corn broom with me on the road to Ontario. So you, you never know who who that just might inspire down the road. Awesome, Mike. Well, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and best of luck with the new team. Thanks very much. Appreciate you getting in, getting me in tonight. Take care. That is Mike McEwen, longtime Manitoba skip, now curling out of Ontario. If you follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, you will know that yesterday afternoon, I was a victim of a crime. It was petty theft. You bike around Winnipeg streets enough and you'll see the odd pile of broken glass where some unfortunate citizen had their car window smashed in. And it sucks, I would always think. Hope it would never happen to me. And then it did. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. You see, I, I have a tortured history with bikes. 
When I was a student at Western in London, Ontario, I had my bike locked up to our front railing because we didn't have a lot of room in the house. Six guys? It was crazy in hindsight that we all packed into that place. But one day I go outside and the back wheel is gone. Just the back wheel. Inconvenient. Got a new back wheel. A couple of years later, I have it locked outside the curling club in London. Just a cable lock. No U-lock. Oops. Now it's gone too. The whole thing stolen. So I got to ride home with the teammate. Then I moved to Winnipeg. 2015. I don't have a car, so I need a way to get around. I go to Salvation Army on Ellis or on Empress. And they have a crappy bike for 50 bucks. It's a bit of an overpay, but it'll do. And it did. It got me 15 solid months of biking around Winnipeg. Of course, it too was swiped. Fall of 2016 from outside my really bad apartment on Wellington Avenue. Not Crescent, obviously. So to the spring of 2017, and what was I going to do about my bike situation? Well, I decided to go to a police auction for the first time. So many bikes there. I was amazed. Rows and rows and rows, and it took forever to get through. It was at the East End Arena. I even made an audio piece about it back in my pre-sports show host days. Let's take a listen. Most of the bikes are of no use to me. They're going for a couple hundred a pop. There are youth bikes, women's bikes, broken bikes. And then a good one makes an appearance. I raised my bid number once, but it gets up to 550 bucks, and I just can't go with that eye. Sorry. Next thing you know, it's 1045, and they've barely started on the second row. I start pondering, what would it be like spending four hours in this arena? And I realize I just can't do it. I'll bid on the next good bike, and if I don't get it, then I'm going to leave, and maybe I'll come back Sunday. Then literally the next bike after this thought runs through my head is a pretty nice ride. It checks the boxes. It's big enough. Check. It doesn't suck. Check. And Wrench, the Winnipeg Repair Education and Cycling Hub, has fixed up some of the bikes here to near-perfect shape, including this one. I decide to go all in. 500. You're not wearing a green hat. You're not in. I was wearing the green hat. 500. 505. 505. Last color, 500. So, $475, bid number 120. Man knows his bikes. I know my bikes? Sure. Now, he wasn't saying this to everyone, so I instantly felt flattered, though I had just dropped over $500, tax included. Then some guy comes up to me and asks if I know the retail value of the bike, because I know bikes, right? I have no idea. But I just wanted to go home. And now I could, with a beautiful new bike. I've yet to actually ride it on account of look outside your window right now. So hopefully it's actually good, and please, for the love of all things holy, don't steal my bike, please. I'm not sure I can handle another auction. Well, that was over five years ago. The bike's handles were a bit narrow, if we're being honest. It didn't always run the smoothest, and the seat hurt my butt. And it was too expensive, but altogether, I mean, it did the trick. As it moved from Wellington to Taylor to my undisclosed current location it stayed safe until last fall when i just purchased new skates for the first time in close to 15 years bear with me here my first game wearing them back they felt like they were on the wrong foot it felt so foreign so i decided to find a public skate to break them in and lucky for me the pioneer arena on logan was close by no bike rack so i just used my u-lock fastened it to a sign post that was for a handicapped parking spot and I had a decent skate. I was getting more used to the boot. And about, I don't know, 40 minutes later, I emerged. And the bike has no wheels anymore. Some loser took the wheels off my bike. Why? What, to sell for drug money? I don't know. But there I am with the frame, just a frame. And I'm filled with a mix of blind rage that leads to me throwing my U-lock on the ground as hard as I can. 
and some self-blame as well. Like, why didn't you use your cable lock too, you dummy? So I trudged on home, awkwardly hauling this frame, feeling very angry and sorry for myself. And because I did not have a car for most of 2021, I needed a bike. Went to a local shop. They got me on the road again. It was not cheap. If I remember correctly, it was 300 or more dollars. So I put a lot of money into this bike. And then I added some upgrades like a seat cover, a fender, a water bottle holder. This thing was decked out. Then a couple months ago, I ran over a staple, punctured the front tire. So that's another 30 bucks. But I love to bike, especially with gas prices being what they are. And this is partially a love story about bikes, sure. And about, well, love, love. I've been spending a lot of time at my girlfriend's place in Selkirk past couple of weeks because the plan is to move in at some point. I brought my cat, brought my work stuff, and I wanted to bring my bike. It's great to get around on, and I, I love exploring a new spot on two wheels. I haven't spent a ton of time looking around Selkirk, so I was in Winnipeg yesterday to take care of a few things, and part of the plan was to bring my bike with me back to Selkirk. And another thing about me is that I put things off. I leave things, and then I'm in a rush to get going. I never leave on time. I always arrive a little late, and after delivering my 425 sportscast yesterday, well, I wanted to hit the road so I could do a bit of shopping and get back to a Selkirk before the Bomber game started at 6.30. So for once, I decided to be a proactive packer, decided to load up my bike early in my SUV, parked in the parking spot for our condo, which is located in a back alley. Sometime in the 3 o'clock hour, I think. I can't quite remember exactly when it was, but... Much to my surprise, the whole thing fit. I was going to take it apart, but didn't have to. It's awesome. So I go back inside. I do some work, go through some papers, back up my other stuff. I lock it up. Everything is wonderful. I get to my car and I I do a, a triple take. Uh, that's a bunch of glass. The back window's gone. Oh, the, the, my bike's gone. Someone smashed the back window of my SUV and took my bike. Oh, rarely have I been that level of angry in my life with the world, with myself. I, I packed my bike without even thinking that Winnipeg kind of sucks sometimes. Oh, I'm too trusting. I took my stuff back inside in a complete daze. I yelled profanities first in the alley and then in my condo. Hope kids didn't hear, but they probably did. I cursed the heavens. I cursed the city. And I didn't know what to do. My mind was racing. There's just so much glass. And I wanted to go full Liam Neeson and Taken, but that's not going to solve anything. So what does someone do when they get robbed like this? Well, file the police report online, knowing full well there's almost no chance they find that bike. It was registered, but good luck. Maybe I'll find it at another police auction. I called MPI, and after about a half hour on hold, listening to a rotation of CanCon from Shania Twain and Michael Buble and Gordon Lightfoot and a bit of Loverboy, my call is answered by a fairly robotic, unempathetic man. And I know he's just doing his job, but I needed someone to talk to in that moment. He was not that guy. And I've never filed a claim before. So when he asks where I want to get it fixed, I don't know what to say. I don't have a regular mechanic. He told me to call back when I knew, but I told him no way in hell am I going to go on hold again. So I just Googled it, found a place, and that was that. Except it was now after 5 o'clock and everything was closed. Perfect. So what's next? Well, can't just stand here and pity in the alley all day. So time to clean up the glass. And have you ever tried to clean up broken glass off a carpeted surface? It's a ton of fun, let me tell you. 
it takes forever. And at one point, a helpful child walks past, sharing advice a little too late. My dad always says never to leave a bike next to a window. Thanks, kid. Great insight. I used a tiny little hand broom to get most of it out, a lint roller to clean up some glass dust. Only pricked myself once, just a little bit of blood. There is still some glass in the spare tire compartment, but... It's almost 6 o'clock now, and I'm not getting back to Selkirk for the start of the game. Set it up to tape, come outside to find another tenant having a smoke, and I ask him if the camera system set up to monitor the back alley works. You can see them. They're there. Of course, they don't work. Great. He also told me about a time someone came down the alley with a croquet mallet and just randomly smashed people's windows, so at least I dodged that bullet. And I suppose the rest of the story isn't super interesting. Got groceries, drove to Selkirk. Air conditioning must less effective because there's this giant hole in the back of my ride. Every bump rattling all the loose bits that fell inside the lift gate. Taped a garbage bag to the back of the thing to seal it up before it goes into the shop on Tuesday. Pay a $300 deductible. And I guess MPI takes care of the rest. And it's funny. I'm now in my new place with no bike. Just a lot of stress. Rage has subsided. Rose a bit again, though, while watching the Bomber game on PVR because all those damn horns. But I remember exactly what I was thinking as I walked to my car before seeing what had happened. I was wondering what life would be like at that very moment if I wasn't going to Selkirk, if Sully was still at my condo and had a couple hours to kill before the start of the Bomber game. Was I doubting things? My brain wanders all over the place sometimes and doubt creeps in here and there. Maybe it's anxiety. I'm not sure. Maybe I should talk to somebody. But when I saw the thousands of tiny glass fragments coating the interior of my car, when I realized the bike I dropped 500 bucks on five years ago was gone, well, any doubt I had about leaving Winnipeg vanished. There are great things about the city. Don't get me wrong. I've called the city home for close to seven and a half years now. I've met a lot of great people. There are no shortage of things to do, in my opinion. But I grew up in a village of a thousand people. Crime was not a thing that I had to think about growing up. And I know that crime happens everywhere. I know it happens in Selkirk, but in a big city and a part of said city that, by most accounts, isn't the nicest neighborhood, there are more risks. Producer Sky Neller, she loves cats. But she's turned down multiple opportunities to cat sit for Sully because she has to feel comfortable where I live. And I was also a little floored, perhaps side of my own naivete, at how many Winnipeggers on Twitter after I shared a picture of my smashed window had their own story of a smash and grab or vandalism or bike theft and just how frustrating it is and how hopeless it feels. So after, again, what happened last night, I, I feel very comfortable in my decision to leave Winnipeg. And don't get me wrong, I will still be spending a lot of time there. Even after I move for good and sell my place, Jets games, Bomber games, Johnny-come-lately's games, which is my beer league hockey team. And if the day ever comes, of course, working at 201 Portage instead of at this desk in Selkirk with Sully sleeping in a cat tower beside me, the car will get fixed. The bike will get replaced. Ultimately, it's just money. But you can't put a price on peace of mind. And I know it's only been 28 hours, but I feel like my peace of mind has been shaken pretty deeply by what happened yesterday. 
Also, I'm in love with the person that lives here in Selkirk, so that too. <laughs> That's an important part of this. I'm not just leaving because my bike got stolen. But if I can leave you with one thought, if you're going to ride a bike in Winnipeg, remember to double lock it. Keep it indoors if you can. And for God's sake, listen to that kid in the alleyway. Don't leave your bike near a window. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. Come on, and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the deal. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your